Hello, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your co-host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me as always is Mr. Lovable himself, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? Well, it's not Christmas, but I'm feeling pretty jolly. <laughs> how are you doing? Well, when you look up jolly, you find your face in the dictionary, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm doing well, my friend. I'm doing well, and I'm looking forward to our show today. Who do we have? Uh, we have Jack Naglieri. Uh, he is the CEO and founder, I believe, of Panther.io, and, and his, everything that he's created with Panther is rooted in the as his security experience, having served for many years as a security analyst and engineer. Um, so I'm looking forward to having him on. I'm sure it'll be a brilliant conversation. So we will take a momentary pause here, and we'll bring Jack on board. Let's do it. Thank you so much for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast today. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? We're doing very, very, very well. Um, before we get started, I mean, uh, we'd love for you to maybe share a little bit about your career narrative to date, just so our viewers and listeners have a better understanding of who you are and what's brought you to where you are today. Sounds great. So I'm Jack Naglier. I'm the founder and CEO of Panther. Panther is a cybersecurity company with the mission of making security operations painless. And it stems from my background as a practitioner. So I worked as a security engineer, a security analyst, a forensic analyst for close to nine years in the field and kept finding that we really struggled with the same problems over and over again when it comes to security monitoring, which is it's very difficult to operate at scale. It's very expensive to operate at scale and the tools to our disposal don't really allow us to do proper automation and more complex analysis. So we built Panther out of the pains that we felt internally as practitioners and we're a threat detection platform that relies on uh, fully cloud native architecture, uses detections as code and structures all of our data into a data lake in order to give us that huge scale and ability to search back through effectively any time frame. Very cool. Wow. Yeah, that's cool, Jack. So in terms of your actual clientele, who are the companies that you serve? What industries are they in? What does the company makeup look like? Sure. So we tend to work with modern security teams, as we like to call them. And these are the teams that are fully based in the cloud, have a huge amount of data that they need to collect and want to get this visibility everywhere without having to deal with the pains of traditional SIM operations or struggling with the, the cost or whatever else it may be. So it's the teams that are savvy in things like Python and SQL, and they want to jump in and they want to get really advanced with how they're doing detection and response. Right. So our viewers and listeners are mainly non-technical business leaders. So for, for them, maybe their organization needs it. Um, and maybe they have these problems, but they're maybe a few steps removed from the security teams or the technology team. Um, how would a non-technical business leader identify um, their need for a, you know, more robust cybersecurity in, in general and be specifically, you know, the scenarios that you're describing, you help your clients with? The biggest thing I would say is the scale in which you need to operate at. So if you're really uh, managing many, many environments, you have thousands of employees, you have a huge cloud footprint, then that's exactly what we're designed to handle. And a lot of teams come to us because their sims fell over from the sheer volume of data that they needed to process. So if you're a business leader and that sounds familiar, then we'd love to talk and we'd love to help your team through those challenges. So that's, that's the biggest uh, criteria that I would say would 
allow someone to self-identify into why Panther would help them. And, and, and Jack, so do you, do you find that, uh, th- um, that the teams, the security teams that you help, like, are they being, you know, you mentioned, you know, things like alert fatigue as an example, uh, that often will result in, uh, or manifest in security teams being burnt out. And, uh, you know, if, as a business owner or an executive, you're seeing high turnover in your security team. Um, what, wh- how does, how does what you guys are doing, how does that help them with the alert? Fatigue, because you know, again, alert fatigue is, is something which is definitely plaguing <laughs> the security industry. Um, um, I'm, I'm curious to again how, how that that alert fatigue is is being handled or addressed, or what, what what Panther does. Yeah, there's a lot of phases to this. So security monitoring is a really thorny operation, and there's a lot of chances for it to go very wrong. The ingestion and just platform side is the first piece. So do we even have the data that helps us reduce false positives? Because a lot of false positives are a lack of context. So that's kind of step zero. And then step one is how confident are we when we go to deploy these detections that we're not just going to build a ticket cannon? And there's a number of features that we've built taking advantage of the platform that we've created around having a data lake to our disposal, meaning we can operate at any scale. And that gives us higher confidence that what we're deploying is actually going to be good because we can do things like back testing, we can do unit testing, and we can do these software-oriented principles that we know work in development teams, but apply to, towards security. And you don't necessarily need to be a software developer to use those things. We're just taking the same concepts that we know work in that field and applying it to security. So that helps a lot with reducing fatigue. And then there's areas such as enrichment. So we're, we've made a huge investment, and we actually just recently announced this last week, when I was back in DC with the uh, founder of Gray Noise, which is a threat intelligence company. And that's another effort to reduce uh, false positives, which is you have more context or you're automating the first set of steps that an analyst would typically do. And because we're building detections with Python, we're using a security data lake, like there's a lot of foundational things we can start to do that are really, really um, helpful for reducing those false positives. Another one that we're going to ship really soon is the ability to um, query with an API data in the data lake. So you can imagine an alert fires and then you have an automation that runs that says, okay, now I wanna pull things in the data lake and look at this context. So again, because of the platform we've created is so robust, as we build more features to, to take advantage of this platform, we will allow teams to be more effective at detection and response, reducing false positives and just operating well in this new scale that we're all sort of adjusting to. Um, and thank you for sharing that, Jack. You, you, there's something you mentioned earlier about sort of how you guys are focusing on helping modern security teams, right? And I mean, just through impl- implication, then there's, you know, weighing that against what traditional security teams look like. So um, are there certain sectors where modern security teams are taking foot? Like, is that more so in the technology sector, um, you know, Fortune 500? What sectors do you see uh, having more modern security teams? And what's the risk to the other organizations that are sort of laggards and are staying with traditional security approaches? It's a great question. The technology first companies are the most commonly uh, seen as the modern security team. So just because they're, they're born in the cloud and their technology organization is very forward looking. So that's where we see them the most. And some examples of that are um, companies like GitLab. GitLab just IPO'd. You know, these companies that are, are very late stage startups in the tech sector who then, you know, IPO or raise a huge growth round. 
those are the teams that we often see are, are, are very forward-looking, very cloud-focused. And then uh, we do see some sprinkled throughout the Fortune 500, like Dropbox is, is the canonical example I'll give, which is, you know, they were, they were a big, um, you know, they, they were a shop that was using a very popular SIM tool. They completely ripped and replaced it with Panther um, because of the reasons I mentioned around like Python and things like that. Um, the risk I would say for the quote-unquote non-security teams or the security teams who are just more used to traditional environments is that they'll, they're either already hitting the scale problem and just ignoring it, um, or they're sort of delaying that problem. And my guess is it's the former because operating at the Fortune 500 scale just requires an insane amount of complexity. And my guess is that they're likely just ignoring certain things just because of the scale ops overhead or whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's undeniable that we're moving to a point where things are highly dispersed and at a much, much greater scale than what we've been used to for the last like five to 10 years. So we really need a platform that's built for the next 10 years, not just trying to put the fires out today. Right. Right. Um, I appreciate that. I have one more question. I'll, I'll hand it back to, to Christian, but, um, I'm curious, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, um, you know, like Dropbox and, you know, the other you know, organizations that, that you guys are, are serving. Um, I'm curious, what are you seeing from a vendor risk management perspective? You know, like, are, are you, are you seeing organizations that you're selling to being more rigorous in terms of how they're assessing you as an organization before they, they, they bring you into the fold? I'm curious, just, you know, anecdotally, what, what you're seeing on the front line there from a vendor risk management perspective. Yeah, it's a great example, or it's a great question. I mean, when I started the company, it was actually something I was really concerned about because we were going to be effectively a SIM company going up against multi-billion dollar companies. So as you can imagine, we would get highly scrutinized from a risk management perspective, but we've invested a lot into compliance. So we've had our SOC 2 type 2 for the last two years, and we've had a number of other compliance frameworks to support new customers, PCI, um, HIPAA, things like that. You know, We're continually investing in those because we are highly scrutinized against, you know, other SIM vendors that are similar to us. And that will eventually grow and expand as we go into other markets like government or financial or whatever it may be. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. We don't get an exception. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if only. <laughs> no, but it's good. I'm, I'm glad that people are rigorous about it because it's important data and, you know, we could be seen as a target. So, you know, we have our own internal security team as well that, um, you know, we've built in the last year since we've acquired, you know, a, a more like a wider set of customers. So security is a thing that matters a ton to me. I mean, I'm an ex-practitioner, um, so it's just the world I lived in for many years. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes sense, Jack. So quick transition into responding to a cyber incident. So when we're talking about steady state and managing alerts, when there is an incident for one of your clients, what is the advantage of um, of Panther's solution? What do you guys offer when, when you know it feels like everything's going wrong and the house is on fire in terms of you know you're trying to remediate the incident and you are you know doing getting an investigation uh, un underway? Yeah, the biggest thing I would say is viability to search all of your data, which is. You you would think that that's a common thing everyone has, but it's really not. And that scale piece is so hard to nail. So even just the ability to say, oh, well, I have all of my flow logs for the last year. 
You know, I don't even have to think about it. It's like they're there and I can get to them quickly. That's amazing. That was never possible before. In investigating a breach is super non-trivial and it's very gray. And there's no, there's no like one path to get to the answer. It's it's investigative. You have to be able to answer questions that give you confidence that something did or did not happen. And you can't do that without the data. So that's the biggest advantage to Panther from day one is you you have your data to your disposal. And then there's continual investments that we're going to make in order to codify what an analyst actually does when they investigate. So today you can do a SQL search over all of your data. You can do indicator searching as well, which is um, you know, IOC based. So you can say, oh, well, we found this IP. Let's search within this time range because this is when we saw the attacks, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to continually invest into those workflows and make them better. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Jack, this, uh, as Christian was saying before we, we started, I mean, this, this conversation just flew by. You know, it, it's uh, really, really interesting things that you've shared. I know that our viewers and listeners will find it uh, uh, very engaging, especially through the lens of a you know, security practitioner and seeing things on the front line, seeing things from a practical perspective. And uh, definitely appreciate you carving time of your busy schedule uh, to spend time with us today and, and share your thoughts and wisdom. Uh, Christian and I are very grateful for your time today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me on. Thanks awesome. so much, Jack. Awesome. Yeah, Chris and I will be right back momentarily to wrap up today's episode. Well, that was definitely a very insightful conversation from Jack. You know, I think there was a lot of uh, salient points that that he shared there. Um, curious to what one of your key takeaways was. Well, I think first of all, I mean, it's coming from a cybersecurity practitioner, so that that speaks volumes. It's coming from the trenches, so it's real world experience applied um, to the new uh, security teams. That I guess the thing for me is on the reactive side, being able to access all of that data in the event of trying to remediate uh, an incident and. Uh, being under investigation or conducting an investigation of your own, super helpful solution. Absolutely, and I, I think Jack did a wonderful job illuminating the the fact that, especially for larger organizations with more modern security teams, that uh, they're just overburdened right now. They are burning out left, right, and center because they're they're just drowning in security alerts from all these different security systems. And I think it was very. Um, like I said, very salient that Jack pointed out that what their main focus is on doing is making the security team more effective and efficient so they don't have to pour through that, that haystack to find the needle, right? So I think that's that's a very important uh, technology and platform for organizations. Yeah, they're, autom- they're automating um, formerly manual processes. A- absolutely, absolutely. So I think they're, they're and like Jack was saying, is they're, they're, they're solving a key pain point, right? It's not, not a nice to have. Um, I think this is very much a must have, especially for those larger organizations with, with um, m- more robust security teams. So uh, very grateful to, to Jack and his team at, uh, at Panther.io for um, sharing what, what um, they do and, and, and sharing their story. So I think it was really insightful. And uh, we, as always, we hope our viewers and listeners found that insightful and engaging as well. Please do check out previous episodes on either your favorite podcasting platform or on the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page. But until next time, be well, be safe, and we will see you again next time on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. See you next week. 